listening to the Arsenal Ramble. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Ramble. It's been a while given the international break, so we thought we'd get a special one-off podcast out where we're going to do a little bit of a prediction for Arsenal and City's last 10-11 games. At the end, we will tally up the points totals and see where this leaves us. To help me do this, as ever, I'm joined by my co-rambler, Dom. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you, Dave. And yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? We've not really been able to do this with no Arsenal games being played, which I think a little bit of respite has done all of the fan base some good, just just, just to calm the nerves a little bit. And uh, it feels like we're at base camp five now. Um, it's just <laughs> getting ready towards the, the final charge towards the summit of Everest, which is the Premier League title. Uh, uh, well, I don't know if you get that analogy or not, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, happy to be back on the mic and joined by you as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think usually the international break seems to come at a bit of a, a bad time for us, doesn't it? But this one seemed quite opportunist in terms of it gives us that break, gives us a chance to bask with that eight-point lead, um, sort of have a little bit of a respite for the non-international players and just sort of fingers crossed that the, the lads that are on international duty can remain injury-free. Um but yeah, I think we're we're there or thereabouts done with the internationals now. Um, but um, in fact, before we go into the predictions, should we have a little chat about how the Arsenal lads have done on international duty? Because we've had a, a fair few this time. And I think we should probably start with um, the, the main man himself, and that's Bukayo Saka. Uh, played both games for, for England. And in the second game in particular uh, against Ukraine, he was just unstoppable player of the match obviously at the end of the game um uh, assisted the first goal and, and scored the absolute beauty of a, a curler uh, to put England 2-0 up and also sat Mudrick down quite nicely as well did you enjoy his performance <laughs> yeah I especially enjoyed that picture of um the freeze frame of Saka running through whilst Mudrick's on the floor just looking at him like what has just happened I've been bamboozled um but yeah it's, it's amazing to see how Saka's progressed not just for club level but on international level as well now it seems like we all appreciate everything that Saka does and we have done over the last few seasons but not as many fans from different supporting teams actually realise that. I think they are this season, but in terms of on the international stage, people are really starting to recognise that he is probably one of the best wingers in the world uh, already, and he's only 21. So he's only going to progress and be even better. And as you say, the the assist was an absolute peach of assist. Plonked it right onto Kane's, uh, Kane's area where he could just plonk it in. And um, yeah, the goal, wow. What a to be honest, that's not the sort of goal that we really associate with Saka. I mean, apart from the goal that he scored against Man United, um, he's mm. not really tended to have many of these outside the box shots. So it's nice to see that he's got that in his locker and he's uh, able to score all types of goals. But he does really have a a wand of a left foot, doesn't he? He does, he does. And and just that little body fake as well. Um, I, I can't remember who the defender was, but he just sent in the wrong way for that little split second, which gave him that little yard of space just to push into. And on, on his post-match interview, he actually said that he knew he was going to shoot before he even got the ball. If he'd, if, well, if he'd got the ball in that situation, he knew he was going to turn and, and, and take the shot on. Um, 
And yeah, I guess yeah, it was a little bit similar to the United one, but I guess that one was just more pure power, wasn't it, in the corner? Mm. This one had that sort of like finessed, dipping, but still really, really powerful top left corner. It was just an absolute peach, wasn't it? So, so yeah. happy for him. And he's really, yeah, he's just starting to really show the rest of the world now what, what quality he has. Yeah, it had hints of Iron Robin cutting in from the right-hand side and bending it round the keeper where everybody knows that that's what he's going to try and do. But there's there's another problem where you're going to have to try and stop what that what he's going to do. It, you know, there's no stopping that. The keeper was nowhere near it. Um, I think it was Mikalenko that he had on toast pretty much all game on the, uh, the right-hand side there. And he's a Premier League proven player. So, you know, it, it's not like he's playing against Farmers. He's, he's a decent player and Saka... Well, had his pants down in that instance. But um, yeah, really good to see Saka, <laughs> Saka scoring and insisted <laughs> on the international stage. And um, another one of our boys was in that game, Alexander Zinchenko. Didn't really have the best game, but that was Ukraine as a whole, to be honest. Um, but it was interesting to see that he actually started the game as a left midfielder. He, you know, yeah. this is a position that we thought that he might be able to play for Arsenal. Um, and he has stepped into that area whilst he's been starting for Arsenal at left-back. But um, really interested to see that, yeah, it was actually accounted as a midfielder from the start, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think he's he's played that position for Ukraine quite often, to be fair. And we kind of do use him in that position. It's just on paper. He starts as, as left-back and, and that's where he slots in if, if we need to to go back into that traditional back four. But, you know, when we're on the front foot, he does tend to play that left central midfield role, um, which is obviously uh, one of the biggest strengths of this Arsenal team this season. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see him play there. And, and like you say, he didn't have the best game, but but none of the Euro- Ukrainian lads did. Even Mudrik and, you know, they, they just, they weren't at it, were they? But in, I think that's more of a testament to, to how England plays because they did dominate that game from from minute one, really, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, and it's, I know we're we're very Arsenal focused, but it's really nice to, um, as also an England fan, I really don't enjoy watching England, especially if it's not a competitive game. But to see us quite comfortably win two games, and it feels like we should comfortably progress through that group now to be able to qualify for the Euros. It's it's always nice, isn't it? But um, we had some of our other players actually playing on the international stage as well. We uh, had Granit Xhaka, who managed to score and assist in his game. What did you think of that? Yeah, another great performance uh, by him. And he just goes from strength to strength this season, really, doesn't he? He's, he's always put solid performances in for, for Switzerland, to be fair. Um, and it's always had, had Arsenal fans head scratching a little bit. Well, how come he can do this for, for Switzerland, but he can't do it for Arsenal? But now, over the last few seasons, we're really starting to see that. Um, and I think he's really starting to hit the form again that he was in in that pre-World Cup uh, part of the season, where he was scoring goals and he was heavily um, involved with our attack. And I think, yeah, we're starting to see that again. That's going to be massive towards the, the, these last 10 games, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, if we can uh, still get some goals from midfield from Granit Xhaka, um, then that's going to be absolutely mm. brilliant and help our case towards maybe <laughs> getting towards that Premier League title. It sounds weird for us to be talking about this at this stage of the season. We're literally a couple of days mm. away from it being April 
Um, and fingers crossed on April the 1st, it's not all just one big April Fools. Um, we, we, uh, yeah, it, it just, it, we've come on leaps and bounds since last season and just talking about our players and knowing that we've got goals from all over the pitch. And we're, we're literally sat here looking at a last 10 game prediction between Arsenal and Man City whilst we have an eight point lead, an eight point gap of a lead. Which, albeit we do have a um, Man City do have a game in hand. Um, however, it's the psychological fact of we're still eight points clear of them, and we've only got ten games to go. Yeah, and that game they play on Saturday is the early fixture against Liverpool as well, isn't it? So that, that's going to be a, a massive game. Um, and if they were to drop points in that, and we go to the lead of Leeds come to us, and we pick up three points there, that is. Uh, a very, very nice and healthy gap. But we'll come on to that a little bit later. There's a few more players that I thought deserve memorable uh, mentions, sorry. Um, and that would be Partey. He's uh, gone to play with Ghana, played the first game, but then notably was benched for the, the second game. I'm pretty sure that was more just um, non-injury related. Uh, I think he's... Maybe the the Ghana manager knew that he'd played a lot of football recently and his injury record isn't um, as good as it used to be. So I'm hoping it's just sort of a tactical rest for Partey um, and not anything to worry about for us. Um, we also had a debut for Austin Trusty for the USA team who um, who was part of a 7-1 win. So some that's really nice for him and hopefully that can potentially add a bit of value to him because it looks like he probably will be moving on in the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Going back to that Partey point, I wonder if there's some sort of mutual agreement between Arsenal, Arteta and uh, the Ghanaian national team where they say, if you injure Thomas Partey, especially at this point of the season, he's never going to be allowed to play for you again. He's going to have some sort of groin injury every single time you have an international <laughs> fixture. So... You better not overplay him. And maybe that might be the case where he played the first game, they, they did all right, and then uh, he, he had a good game and then he was rested for the second. But yeah, um, I think losing a player like Thomas Partey at this point of the season, it would really be calamitous, wouldn't it? Especially, we've got Jorginho and he comes in, he does a job, but he's just not Thomas Partey. And especially when we have mm. games, as you say, like Liverpool away, Man City away, We've got to play Chelsea still. Um, these aren't easy fixtures and we need to have our best 11 on paper to be able to go out there and perform and be able to pick up as many points as we physically can to be able to try and get us over the line. Um, but yeah, Austin Trusty, he's a player that I've not really researched too much, uh, to be honest, ever since we signed him. I had a quick look when we did sign him, seeing that he was a USA national player. Um, but apart from that, he doesn't really look like he's going to feature too much in our future plans. I think it might have been a bit of a uh, showbiz signing just for the the Cronkies to get another USA player on the books. But, you know, it's, it's good to see that he's in a 7-1 win. He's obviously doing something right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some sort of affiliation, isn't there, between the the club he came from, um, from the American League, with with in terms of the, what the Cronkies own, uh, that, that, that team. I can't remember what team. Is it Orlando? Um, I need to research that properly, but I think there's some sort of link there between um, 
ownership with the Cronkies. And um, yeah, but he definitely looks a player. I think if there's one area in the USA team that needs improving, it probably is that back line. And they've got a few aging players there as well. So I think um, there's certainly um, sort of a place for him in that team. And I think he's shown for Birmingham this season that he is a competent defender. So I could see him getting a, a move to the Premier League potentially. Um, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Another um, sort of maybe uh, sort of signing that is sort of working the other way around is Declan Rice. And this is someone that we was looking at heavily in the in the first England game because, again, he, he really shone out for me. He's obviously scored the goal and um, made some really, really big tackles, um, especially in the second half when, when things got a little bit scrappy and England went down to 10 men. So I think he really showed his worth there and, and what attributes he could bring to this Arsenal team. Did Was you impressed by him? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm impressed every time I've seen Declan Rice play, even this season when West Ham haven't been performing. He's been that shining light in their team. Um, but yeah, in that game against Italy, it was a bit more of a competitive game rather than the Ukraine game. And um, yeah, as you say, not just the goal, um, which he actually finished really well on his left foot. Um, it was not the easiest of finishes, but he managed to uh, put that one away. But it's his work rate and his his uh, ability to get back in. I think he made a couple of really good tackles just outside the box when Italy were breaking, which if he mistimes those, then they've got a free kick in a really dangerous area. But he manages to do that, take all the pressure off the team and then either find a good pass or recycle the ball. And just it's what, what you want from that kind of box-to-box midfield player. He's got a bit of everything. He's got defensive work, incredible passing ability. He's good good on the ball as well he's got decent movement and then as you say he can get into the box he can finish and add some more goals to the team so yeah if we were able to get Declan Rice in the summer what a bolster that would be to our midfield um Mm. it does you know I do ponder on whether he would come in the team for maybe Xhaka or if he would be an understudy to Partey um but there's plenty of games to be played next season especially if we well I say if we get Champions League football, it seems pretty much nailed on now, doesn't it, that we're going to get Champions League football. I think we're safe to be able to start talking about the Champions League. So there's going to be a lot of games for him to to integrate into the team. So, yeah, hopefully we're able to get Rice. Um, another player who, not in the England team, who, uh, who plays for Arsenal, Odegaard. Now, did you see this controversial decision that happened in the uh, Norway-Spain game where he had a shot on goal in the penalty area and then Rodri, of all people, Rodri, uh, he came flying in and he uh, uh, studs up tackle on Odegaard after he'd already shot the ball and it should be a stonewall penalty, but it wasn't given. Hmm. I don't know how that wasn't given. Um, Yeah, you're right. Studs were proper up and it makes you think, was that a little bit intentional? Um, I think it... It probably was. Uh, he's the sort of player that's got that nasty streak in him, hasn't he? Um, I don't think Odegaard was too impressed after the game. But luckily, uh, it doesn't look as if he sustained any injury. Um, so, again, that would be a, a massive loss to this Arsenal team. And, and to be honest, any of our starting eleven, you know, you, you look at if Ben White were to be missing any games, if Ramsdale were to miss any games, they're all just so key, aren't they? 
So th this final last 10 games for Arsenal, it's so key that we can keep everybody fit. And, and when we start talking about these predictions um, soon, this is sort of like bearing in mind that if we can keep our 11 players fit, isn't it? You know, Because if, if we do start missing big players like Partey, for example, then that is going to sort of massively impact what our predictions probably would have been. So just bear that one in mind. Yeah, for sure. And um, as we say, uh, an international break at this time in the season, the last thing that anybody wants, especially if you're fighting for the title, is any kind of injuries or overplaying or even really bad performances might affect their confidence. However, we had what seems like no injuries for many of our players. And the majority of our players that went to their international teams actually performed really well. Saka coming out with a goal and assist. Xhaka coming out with a goal and assist. Partey having a great game. So, if anything, this is probably the best that could have come out of this scenario. We've had our players go away, not get injured. They perform well, back full of confidence. They've helped the international team out and they're going to be hitting the ground running back for when we uh, restart in the Premier League against Leeds. Yeah. For me, it's that relative unknown of, is, is Saliba going to be back? Because we don't know his current injury status, do we? Obviously, Arteta is going to be keeping that very hush-hush for um, for tactical reasons, um, which I understand completely. But until we see that um, lineup announced 2pm on um, on Saturday, we, we won't know whether he's actually out for, for any sustained period of time. But I think having that Saliba... Gabriel partnership is again another really key component that we have to try and keep in place for for the for this Leeds game and for, for all the remaining ten games. To be fair, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And um, we've got Rob Holding; he can come in, he can do a job like we saw against uh, Palace in the last game. But yeah, Saliba he's going to be so essential. Uh, all of that spine of the team: Saliba, Partey, Saka, Jesus. We need all of those boys on the pitch and all of them fit. Okay, well, I think that's uh, enough for the uh, international break Arsenal player performances. So I think it's time to get into these uh, final 10 predictions from myself and Dom. Obviously, the caveat, like I mentioned earlier, we're trying to predict it with our full starting 11, um, not sort of preempting any injuries or anything like that. Uh, so please take that into account. And let's just hope we're not going to jinx anything. So let's start <laughs> with the Leeds game. Uh, I've gone for a, a win. You've gone for a win, Dom. Um, uh -huh. So that's a, a nice, healthy three points to the Arsenal. A home fixture, you know, it just seems sort of... Our form is just so good at the minute, isn't it? It, it, it seems like it can't be anything but... But if you, if you remember back to that earlier game against Leeds, it was a real scrappy one, wasn't it? We had to fight, fight for the three points that day. So do you think we could... Um, potentially see something similar to that or do you think now that we're at home and sort of we've got only 10 games to go it's going to be like 10 cup finals and, and this has got to be one of those bankers really hasn't it <laughs> yeah yeah well that's what I was going to mention is the fact that Leeds are one of the teams that have given us a pretty rough ride this this season in the earlier fixture however that there were a lot of things that came into account in that game there was the the late start that delayed us um ruined the momentum yeah. of all the arsenal players 
Um, I, I guess it's the same for both teams. But, you know, when you're raring to go and we were so used to having those fast starts, especially at that time of the season, it really did kind of shift the mentality a little bit. Um, and, yeah, I do think that Leeds will give us a tough game, actually, at the Emirates. But I think we'll, we've got just enough to get us over the line, um, especially being at home as well. I, I feel quite confident that we'll be able to come away with three points in that game. I think Leeds, they're going to they're gonna run a lot. They're a very physical team. They're going to, you know, give us a run for the money kind of thing. But yeah, no, I think we've definitely got enough to be able to uh, get three points versus Leeds. Yeah, I've also seen that they may have a couple of injuries that they may have um, sort of suffered from international duty. Uh, number one being... Uh, Notto for um, Italy, who has been mm. one of their standout players this season, hasn't he? Um, or since January, I should say. Um, so you know, that could also benefit us, but I think, regardless of, of any injuries or anything like that, I think the home fixture against Leeds this has got to be a it's got to be a three points to the Arsenal. Okay, so moving on to prediction to um, Manchester City, Liverpool. So City are obviously at home for this one. Like we said earlier, this could be a real, this could be a real key moment um, in the table because uh, a Liverpool win here would really, really sort of put that psychological dent um, into Man City. I've gone with a a loss for City. I actually think Liverpool might get something out of this. Their, their form started to pick up slightly. Um, They've obviously had this historic battle uh, for the last few seasons, and I think it just—I can just feel Liverpool doing something this one. I, I, it's hard to put my finger on why, um, but I've just got a funny feeling uh, that they might do it. And you've gone with a draw. Yeah, yeah, I've gone with a draw. Um, only reason being uh, that Manchester City are at home, so I don't think they're going to get beaten. Um, however, I think they're going to draw just because Liverpool—they've they've not really got their eggs in any other baskets now this season. They're, they're fighting for top four, which they've clawed their way, fair play to them, all the way back up the table to be in contention for the top four. And they're going to be against, as you say, one of their rivals over the last season. They're really going to want to put one over on them to say, look, we had a bit of a blip, but we are back and we're going to be a worrying force next season, which I think they will be. I think Liverpool are going to be back at the top of the table or there or thereabouts next season. If we're still um, fighting next season for the title as well, we're going to have to be contending with the likes of Liverpool. So, yeah, for me, I think they're going to draw. I think it's going to be a bit of a scrappy game. Um, but, yeah, I think the points will be shared in that one. Well, it's a good point about the table, actually, because they're sat on... 42 points in sixth, um, having played 26 games. Uh, Newcastle are only on 47, so that's fairly within reach. Tottenham are fourth, but they've played two extra games uh, on 49 points. So realistically, they could quite easily still get that fourth place, which obviously means Champions League football for them, which is massive. So they've got a lot to play for still. Um, so... Yeah, this this could definitely throw a little spanner in the works and, and fingers crossed they can get something from City. Okay, so moving on to the next game. Uh, then that's our turn for Liverpool. <laughs> um, and it's obviously it's obviously away as well at Anfield. 
Arsenal don't have the best record away at Anfield. And I just can't see anything other than a loss. I know that sounds really, um, really painful, but um, it's just one of those stadiums that we we don't ever, even if we play okay, we still seem to just get sort of blown away by the atmosphere. Um, so I know I'm going on previous fixtures and, and this is a completely different season for Arsenal, but I'm struggling to see, to see a win in this game. And you've obviously gone with a, a loss as well for the Arsenal. Is it is it similar reasons for you? Yeah, we've we've both taken the pessimistic approach to this game, but that is with good reason. As we say, they've still got a lot to play for, Liverpool. Um, especially if they manage to get a result against City the week beforehand, they're going to be, you know, they're, mm. they're going to be firing and uh, wanting to put on a good performance in front of their home fans. And yeah, I just think of all of our fixtures, this one and City are going to be the toughest. And yeah, I, th- I think Liverpool are going to whip up a load of atmosphere in their stadium and we might actually struggle away at this ground. We've got a young team. They, they've they performed really, really well this season away at these hostile environments. But I think Anfield might be just a step too far um, in terms of in terms of this game. So we've both gone for a loss um, in this match, haven't we? Yeah. And, and City play Southampton away at St Mary's that weekend as well. Um, Southampton sat rock bottom of the Premier League on 23 points. Um, you know, it's just, it's almost a, it's almost a guarantee three points for them really, isn't it? So I can't see anything other than a three points for City that weekend. And you've obviously gone with the same as well, haven't you? Yeah, I think that's pretty much guaranteed. You know, Man City against Southampton, it's, it's a no-brainer three-pointer for Man City. Yeah. Okay, so the following week, we've got West Ham away uh, and Man City have got Leicester at home. We've just gone for, for wins all around here, haven't we? We've gone for an Arsenal win and we've gone for a City win, both of us. Um so a little bit stalemate uh, this match week. But um, our performances against West Ham have been pretty good over the last few seasons. And, you know, they're not having the best season at all. They're sat in the relegation zone on 18th of only one point more than um, than Southampton. Um, they have played two games less, to be fair. But they just don't seem to be firing this season in the same way that they were... Um, last season and the season before. So, yeah, I know we're away, but uh, I can't see anything other than than three points that day. Yeah, it's interesting we say that about uh, both West Ham and Leicester City, I think are teams that are really underperforming this season. They've they've both got really good squads, to be honest. They've got some great players and they, they shouldn't be in the position that they're in at the bottom of the table, which essentially they're in a relegation scrap. Um, mm. I think... If it was the team, you know, if it was the, uh, the the confident West Ham that we were playing last season uh, in the position they're in, uh, going away there would have been a really, really difficult game. And I think I probably would have put that as a draw. But um, yeah, as you mm. say, they've they've really not pulled up any trees this season. And uh, I think even away at West Ham, we should be able to uh, do one over on them. And uh, City against Leicester. Just the same, really. Leicester have been so inconsistent. Um, I think 
of the two games, Leicester uh, may be capable of pulling something out of the bag, but I just can't see can't see anything other than a Man City win, to be honest, in that game as well. Mm. Leicester seem to be capable of putting in good performances, but in really short spells of the game. Um, I, I think mm. back to that game against Leicester versus United a couple of match weeks ago, and in that first 45 minutes, they really should have gone two, maybe even three goals up, but they just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. And then Man United blew them away in the second half. Um, so they've got players. They've got Madison, who obviously is um, a good player. And um, they've got ability, but I, I'm just, especially with them going away to the Etihad, I, yeah, I can't see anything other than um, three points for City that day. So, but yeah, like we said, it, it's a bit of a stalemate match week that, that weekend. Um, going into the next... Uh, match week we've got Southampton at home uh, a little bit like what we said earlier this this really should be um, a banker for Arsenal uh, at home against the worst team in the league it, it, there's not much more to say other than that really is that it should be three points for the Arsenal and that's what we've both gone for yeah top versus bottom you're playing at home if it's anything other than a win then you know you you, you really got question marks over the game haven't you but yeah we should be bringing home the three points in that game and um we've also got brighton against manchester city in the same match week um which we've also gone for a manchester city win in that game i think brighton they've played quite well this season um so i do think they're a bit of a stickier team to be able to get three points against rather than southampton but i do think man city are going to be able to roll them over quite easily um but as we say, in these match weeks where both teams are getting the three points, it's just putting us one step closer to that final, you know, the, the, the mm. final step. So it's not the worst thing in the world if we're both getting maximum points from these games, especially with this uh, eight-point buffer that we've already got. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty uh, happy with these last two weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually was almost tempted to put a draw here, you know. I, I had a feeling that, or have a feeling that maybe Brighton could do something, especially with them being at home. They've got a couple of players that are sort of coming into really good form at the minute, like Matoma, even Evan Ferguson, actually, the, the young striker, the young Irish striker. He's looking really dangerous and looking like he could be a, a big Premier League player for the future. So, um mm. I was tempted, but um, I think it might be a closer game than, than some may think, but I do still think yeah. that City might just edge this one. Yeah, I, I do think as well, it's worth noting with Brighton that they are in touching distance of uh, maybe securing a spot in European football for next season, um, be it the Conference League or the Europa League. They are, they're on 42 points, so they're not a million miles away. So there, there is real potential that they might be able to, to achieve that. So they're, could maybe be an upset in that game, but I I do think that Man City will be able to beat them. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep our fingers crossed on that one because that would be a nice little um, bonus before we go into the big one, which is Manchester City versus Arsenal uh, away at the Etihad. Um, we've both gone with a draw, haven't we? And I think going into this game, if if we were to be offered a draw. There's no way anyone's turning that down, are they? Because that ultimately makes them no better off, makes us no better off. We keep our points advantage and and we move on to the final five games or whatever it is. So 
you know, I do think it's going to be. I actually almost put a win for Arsenal, but I thought I can't be I can't be too optimistic here. I've got to be a little bit sort of rational, but I just got a feeling that we need we we finally need to break that barrier of beating City. We almost did it a couple of seasons ago when Rodri scored that annoying last minute oh. goal. Um and Bernardo Silva dived for his penalty. You know, that that was taken away from us. Um and we absolutely outplayed in that game. And even the games this season, you know, we're, we're talking about the um, the 1-0 loss in the Carabao, or was it the FA Cup? I can't quite remember. Um, mm. That was a close game. We didn't play the the strongest team. We um, we still matched them pretty well, I think. And even the the 3-1 loss in the season, it was a close. It was a closer game than a 3-1. Um, you know, we made some mistakes in that game. And I think, you know, if we can get a fully fit 11 with Partey, Jesus, Ben White on, um, I think we can maybe do something. But I've gone sort of cautious with a, with a draw. Yeah. Well, this is definitely the biggest blockbuster fixture that we've got in the last 10. Uh, away to Manchester City is probably the hardest game that any team can play. Uh, and, you know, it's the top two teams that are fighting for the league. But I, I do think one thing that might come to Arsenal's detriment is the fact that you're going to be looking at this game as a must-not-lose rather than a let's-try-and-win sort of game. So I don't know if we might maybe set up in a, a quite a defensive mindset so that we don't actually concede too many chances, which unfortunately means we might not be able to create too many chances at the other end of the pitch. So I do think we, we're going to go for this not must-not-lose approach, um, which if we don't lose, then brilliant. You know, we've, we've we've shared the points, it's another game gone, and then we can just try and perform better than Man City in the few games that we've got remaining, and then that's it, the title's ours. But yeah, it, I think depending on our points tallies when we get to this fixture... It, it really is essential that we do not lose this game because, you know, if if there's only a five-point gap, let's say, um, if Man City win the game in hand, if there's only a five-point gap and we get to this game and they beat us uh, and then it becomes a two-point gap, then in any match week, we're going to be we're going to be more tentative in our play, which is really against everything that we've built on this season. We've, we've played brave, we've been able to put teams to the sword and score two, three goals in the first half kind of thing and really overcommit sometimes. So hopefully we can get over the line and we're not in a position where we're we're then potentially bottling the league in, in the last few games. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I don't want to be going into that game thinking of a defensive mindset because I'm not sure we've got we've got that in us yet. I think one of the biggest improvements this season is the fact that when we go 1-0 up, we're looking for the second. When we go 2-0 up, we're looking for the third. That's so different from when we were going 1-0 up and trying to then just get holding on and hold out a game from half-time. You know, it that it didn't work, did it? it well, it did sometimes, but often it, um, it didn't. And uh, I'm not sure we should be thinking like that. But like you say, it really does depend on where we are in the table at this point. If we're if we're sort of within three points and they're looking at it as a, a must win because then they go top. Um, again, the sort of depending on goal difference and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's, it's it makes me nervous just thinking about it. 
Um, let's let's move on to the next one because I'm not sure my nerves can take it anymore. <laughs> uh, and that is oh, another big game. It's uh, Arsenal versus Chelsea. Uh, Arsenal at home, obviously, we've already won at Stamford Bridge this season for the third season in a row. So that's got to make the players confident, in my opinion. Um, I think Chelsea don't look anywhere near as good as they could be or should be. Um, I think they've got a massive squad, an overinflated squad, and I think it's really affecting the sort of morale and sort of the team performances. Even some of their homegrown lads like Mason Mount, they're just they're not happy, are they? Um, and I know this is probably another month or so away, so a lot of a lot of things can change in that time. But if it were now, I think we'd um, we'd win, and that's why I've gone with a with a win for Arsenal, uh, a plus three pointer. Um, you've gone with a draw, Dom. Yeah, yeah. So I've gone for a draw just because I, I don't think it's likely we're going to be doing the double over Chelsea this season. Um, I know they've not had the best season. Um, however, they're they're sat in in tenth place, rightly, rightly or wrongly. Um, they, they've not performed well, but they sit only four points behind Liverpool, who we've said uh, are really staking a claim to be able to get in the top four this season. So, if Chelsea are going to actually be able to grasp anything from this uh, league campaign. They're, they're going to want to have a really strong finish towards the end of the season and uh, pick up as many points as possible. So I do think Chelsea are going to come and they're going to try and at least get a point from this game. So I think they're going to set up quite negatively and be really tough to break down. And uh, I think we might actually struggle to score against Chelsea. So I think it might be a bit of like a nil-niller kind of ball draw where they, they get, they're trying to gather as many points as possible to uh, amount a charge towards European football for next season. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I'm just hoping that we can, though, because that would be yeah. almost... Would that be a, a no 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 losses against a London team all season? If Is that the final London game? Maybe we've got Brentford a bit later on, actually. Um, but, yeah, yeah you know... It, it's. I know what you're saying. Yeah, they could settle quite deep. To be fair, and they have started to play with that back five, haven't they? At times, with with Reece James bombing down the side. So yeah, there's a potential banana skin there for sure. It's going to be a massive game, nonetheless. Um, and City, they're also playing a, a London team, and that's in Fulham. Um, but although they're sitting fairly nicely in ninth in the Premier League table at the minute on 39 points, I do think this is going to be another three points for City. And you think the same as well? Yeah, I think the same as well. I think we saw when we played Fulham that they're not quite of the quality of the teams near the top. Even though the points difference in their league position doesn't say too much otherwise, they're not quite there in terms of being able to compete with the big boys. So I do think that Fulham might struggle against City. And even though they're playing at home, I do think City will be able to uh, get the win in that game and keep the pressure on us. Yeah. Okay, so now we've got another tricky fixture. This is the third in a row, really, with City, Chelsea, now Newcastle away at St. James's Park. This is the dreaded sort of period we've all been waiting for, isn't it? Um, so um, you've gone with the draw. Um, we had a tough... In a tough game against them last season, and it was sort of 
one of the worst games of the season. It sticks out to me massively. Um, a game that we just bottled, would you say? We just didn't turn up, did we? Um, and I am sort of having flashbacks to that game. But part of me thinks that Newcastle have dropped off a little bit in recent months. And there may be a potential to to get something from this game, um, especially if they have got these injuries. I know they've got a few injuries at the minute. If they, they can't seem to get the, their key players fit, like Bruno Gramares, for example, um, it could be a real potential there to get a win. But um, yeah, so I've gone with a, a plus three points, an optimistic three points. You've gone with a draw. <laughs> Yeah, I've gone for a draw just because, yes, Newcastle, they have dropped off in in form more recently. But as we saw when they came to Arsenal, they do set up really negatively, which is something that we've really struggled to break down this season. Um, I think one uh, silver lining for that fact is that we should probably have Jesus back for, well, Jesus still playing uh, back up and running kind of thing for that game because that's what mm. we're missing when we played them in January. Um that sort of yeah. creative enigma around the the edge of their penalty box, um, which Inkete wasn't really able to replicate. So I do think we will be able to um, create more chances in that fixture. But I think with us playing them and being away from home, you know, we're going going up to Newcastle and um, I just, I can't see us getting a win in that game. And uh, it, it, it does frustrate me a little bit. But um, yeah, I think they're going to play for the draw and I think they're going to get it. Yeah, it also kind of depends on the previous fixtures in that City and Chelsea game, I think, as well, because if we've won both of them games, hypothetically, confidence is going to be sky high, isn't it? You know, mm. and we'll be going into this game thinking we're, we're winning this. But if, say we don't pick up any points in those games, we're going to be coming into this game psychologically hurt. Uh, and I think it, a lot of it will depend on what happens previously. I know that sounds sort of obvious to say, but it's just it's it does become a bit of a psychological battle when it's this close to the to the end of the end of the season, um, and you're constantly sort of looking over your shoulder at what the other teams are doing. And um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a big game nonetheless. City have got West Ham that weekend, and um, I think it's sort of similar vibes to what we were saying earlier. West Ham. Like we said, they're in the relegation zone, not not playing um, the best football at the minute. We've just gone with a clear, clear win for City, haven't we, both of us? Yeah, it, it does actually strike me that we're, we're this far into our um, last 10 games and it just seems like City have got so many easy three-pointers and then we're coming up with against these really difficult teams. So it is going to be such an essential running for us to try and pick up as many points as possible. But that's why we've got that buffer to be able to try and you know kick, kick Man City down and uh, and try and get over the line, but yeah, I do think Man City will quite easily beat West Ham. Just reiterating what we said earlier. Yeah, we have got a couple of big games. Uh, well, not a couple, a fair few big games, but also on the on the flip side of the coin, we have got a fair few against that relegation battle zone. If you know what I mean, we've got a Southampton, we've got West Ham, we've got. Forest, we've got Wolves, um, you know, all teams that uh, within that sort of area of the of the table. So hopefully, if we can get a couple of big 
big wins against the bigger teams and those games go the way that they should. It should leave us with a, a good, healthy points tally. Um, now we're into Arsenal versus Brighton. Um, you see, like I said earlier, I do I do rate Brighton. I think they're a really, really good team. But uh, with Arsenal being at home for this fixture, um, I do see three points on the board for Arsenal and you've gone with the same. Yeah, yeah, I've gone for the same. Um, just because I feel like this is the first game after a really tough run of fixtures, and whether the whether we win those fixtures will be, you know, high in confidence, and uh, um, we'll just steamroll Brighton in this game. Um, or if we lose those fixtures, then it feels like the sort of game for us to get back on track and uh, really right some wrongs. So I think either way, whatever happens, you know, mentality wise. We're going to be up for this game, and uh, as you say, we're playing at home as well. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident we'll be able to win against Brighton and Hove Albion. Yeah, and uh, annoyingly, City have got another <laughs> not easy game, but easier game uh, with Leeds at home. Um, mm. Leeds sat in 14th place on 26 points. You know, <laughs> they're they're one of the worst teams in the league. So again, we've both gone with. Um, wins for City there so I think that one's yeah. pretty self-explanatory isn't it yeah uh, I do think it's worth noting though when it gets to this sort of crunch time of the season the last few games the teams that are at the bottom of the table do tend to pull out these surprising results just because they're absolutely fighting for their lives they're they're doing anything they can it's almost like they just need to kick up the bottom in the last <laughs> that only comes at the last few games because they realize oh crap like if we don't don't pull a finger out, then we're going to, get, going to get relegated. So some of these teams like Leeds, when it gets to this crunch time, the last few games of the season, you might actually see a bit of a surprise. So I I, I do think there's a potential yeah. for an upset in that game, but away at Manchester City, I don't think that's where Leeds are going to get any points. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. One that I didn't actually think about. Um but yeah, you could definitely be looking at some sort of relegation scraps there. I mean, we saw it, didn't we, last season with Everton when they sort of were in that zone and they and Lampard really just got that little something out of them just to scrape through, didn't they? Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Um, now moving on to the next match week, it's Forest um, versus Arsenal. And we've both gone with um, with wins there for the Arsenal. It is away um, at Forest, but um, again, it's one of the weaker teams in the league. We absolutely blew them away um, earlier in the season, and I don't think they've necessarily shown anything since that game that's that's took them any further. Um, that obviously they've signed a lot of players in the summer. They don't seem to have clicked. Like they should. I've watched a fair few Forest games this season, actually, and and their football just it's it's slow and cumbersome. And I think when we play them, it's just going to be too fast for them. And it's exactly what we saw at the Emirates earlier this season. They just couldn't keep up with our pace. I think that's pretty much a guaranteed three points for Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with you there. As you say, we we did absolutely blow them out of the water when we we played them at the Emirates earlier in the season. Um, and they do seem like a team that are full of individuals that have just all been thrown together. Um, I think for for a Forest fan, 
they must be quite disappointed that the team that actually got them promoted to the Premier League doesn't have a chance to be able to to um, maybe stay up and just with a couple of additions, just adding quality. But I think they did a complete overhaul and it's just not really worked out. So financially, that's going to be quite difficult for them if they end up being relegated this season. So a bit of a bit of a silly financial uh, judgment by them. And um, I yeah, I do think we'll be able to beat Forest. They, they do seem like one of the favourites to go down, along with the likes of Southampton and Bournemouth. So, uh, yeah, we should get three yeah. points in that game. Yeah, agreed. Uh, moving on to the City game, they've got Everton away. Um, and like you said earlier, um, they're going to be in that relegation zone. They could be a team fighting for it. And they've even got trouble with financial fair play recently. So that could maybe even dock points for them. Who knows? It's hard to really predict that one. So they could be in and around that zone and they could maybe pull out something out the bag. But um, it's hard to see to see that, to be honest. And I think we've both gone with, with City wins here. Yeah, yeah, City win again. Um, Everton, they've been poor this season, unfortunately, apart from when they ended up beating Arsenal, which uh, I'm still not even bitter about. What are you on about? <laughs> okay, I'm a bit bitter. But um, yeah, I, I can't really see it. I can't see Everton beating City. Um, they've just not performed to any kind of real standard. And I, I actually, I would like... Everton to be relegated. I just think as a team, they've been so uninteresting over the last 20 years or so. They've not really progressed. They've not really faltered too much apart from the last couple of seasons. And it would be quite nice to see one of the, the biggest teams, a team that's never actually, I don't think they've ever been relegated from the Premier League, have they? So it would be quite interesting to see them actually go down to the Championship and see how they actually manage to cope with that. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good point. Uh, to be fair, I kind of agree. I, I really hope they go down as well. Um, especially because Sean Dyche is now their manager. Like, that would just be <laughs> nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay, moving on to the next one. Um, Arsenal versus Wolves. I think this is our final game of the season. Um, so, with us being at home against, you know, Wolves, they're sat in 13th at the minute, which again is part of that relegation. Um, block of teams. I think they've definitely underperformed from what we're used to, aren't we, from Wolves? They've they have had a fair few injuries um this season, but um they're not really showing that that attacking football that they used to. And I think I can't see anything other than a three points to the Arsenal, especially on the final day of the season. This could be make or break. This could win us the season this game. And the fact we're at home um well, who knows? We could have won it by then. <laughs> we could be sitting pretty on four plus points, and it might just be stick the kids out there, have, have a laugh. Um, but uh, it's it's so it's hard to really say. But um, I think yeah, um, our starting eleven against this Wolves team at home that is guaranteed three points, and you've gone with the same. Yeah, I, I think every Arsenal fan hopes that this is a meaningless game that we 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 go out for a nice day in the sunshine. Uh, drinking pims and lemonade and knowing that we've already won the title but yeah if it does come down to it i think that um regardless of the situation we should be able to beat wolves they've not been anywhere near the standard that they've they've kept over the last couple of seasons and um yeah i, I just 
don't really see many threats in that Wolves team. They've pretty much got Adama Traore, um, and that's about it. So I think we'll be able to deal with that. Yeah, it is all stepovers and no end product anyway, is he? So, so yeah. let's, be, let's be fair. We're, yeah, we're going to get the three points there. City are playing Chelsea. Um, this was actually the, the match week beforehand. So because they're playing 11 games, we're playing 10. It's not quite in sync with the, with the match weeks. But yeah, City are playing Chelsea at home. Um, I've gone with a draw um, just because I just feel like yeah, I don't know. There's just something about Chelsea where they could try and prove a point at this later stage of the season. Um, you know, the transfer window's coming up. There's a lot of players that are going to be wanting to to move on out of that team with such an inflated squad. And I don't know. I just got a, a funny feeling that, that, that they might get something out of it and that, that could really um, help us out. Um, but you've gone with a, a win for City on this one. Yeah, I think that's um, quite similar to the outlook that I had for Chelsea playing Arsenal, isn't it? That they're going to be fighting towards something, so they they might be able to take points. But um, I don't think they're going to take points off both us and City. Um, so for this one, it was pretty much like a flip of the coin. I think they're they're going to take points off us and not City, especially if we're coming down to the final few games and you know it's still neck and neck for the title. I think City are going to really, really, you know put all of the stops out to be able to try and win it so um and they're at home as well so i do think city are going to come away with three points in this game yeah yeah i can see that um another interesting point as well that we haven't really factored in is the fact that city are still playing in the champions league um so a lot of these fixtures will be sandwiched in between lengthy trips away to wherever they're going you know so um there could be some Heavy fatigue in in some of their players. Um, there could be injuries. You know that this could all play within Arsenal's hands and, and benefit us massively. So, um, yeah, that's one other element to consider. But the final yeah. game um, for City is against Brentford, and this will be at the same time as we're playing Wolves. So, um, I've gone with uh, a win for for City. I think um, I think Brentford are a good team. To be fair especially when they're at home, which they are in this fixture. And yeah, I, I do think City will win it, but I do think it will be a close game. You've gone with a draw, Dom. I've gone with a draw, yeah, just because I think Brentford, they're, they're one of them teams that um, they they really do turn up sometimes against the uh, the bigger teams, especially when they're playing at home. They want to put a performance on for the fans. I think Brentford will be kind of dry and clear of of any relegation battle or um or um even Europe. I don't think they're going to be anywhere near either of those two things at this point of the season. So I think there'll be no pressure on them. And when there's no pressure to perform, sometimes you, you play quite well. So I do think that Brentford will uh, they'll be having a nice day out really against City. Wanted to um <laughs> What what to maybe put on a performance for the fans before the uh, the summer break um, going into next season? So I think they might be able to take a point um, from the game, and I will be really happy if they do that. <laughs> yeah, I bloody hope you're right, <laughs> especially if it comes down to that final match week. Um, 
And my God, if it does come to that final match week where we're all playing at the same time and we're flicking between channels, who's who's scored? Oh. Oh, God, that's just going to be absolutely tense, isn't it? I don't think my heart can take yeah. it, to be honest. But um, if the, uh, let's just yeah. hope that it's all done and dusted before then. Oh, yeah. Fingers crossed the Brentford bees can leave a sting in Manchester City's tail so that we uh, <laughs> are able to win it in uh, true, is it 2013 style that they uh, had the Aguero moment? That would be unbelievable to oh, God. see one of our boys recreate that kind of moment. That would be... Actually, no, let's have it wrapped up, signed, sealed and delivered three weeks before, please. <laughs> I'd rather that just for the heart, you know. <laughs> right, that's it. That's all the fixtures all predicted. Uh, let's hope we haven't jinxed anything, but it's time to tot everything up to see where that leaves. Um, leaves the Arsenal basically. So, with my predictions, it leaves Arsenal on a healthy 94 points, <laughs> which would be some going. I have been quite optimistic, I know, but um, I think you've got to be, aren't you? Um, and Man City, I've predicted them to be on 86 points. So we've won the league, yeah. <laughs> in my eyes. Um, yeah. Dom has gone for Arsenal uh, on 90 points. So just four points less than my prediction. And Man City on 88 points, just two points behind. So that's both Arsenal win the league in our eyes and our <laughs> predictions. We've done it. Oh. We've done it, lads. Oh, God, yeah. I, I really hope that it does happen. And one thing that I would like to just point out is the fact that I was looking at our games from more of a pessimistic approach, just, you know, sort of being realistic, chucking in a few draws here and there, um, and even the loss against uh, Liverpool at Anfield and things like that. And Man City, I, I pretty much, apart from one or two, uh, gave them wins in majority of their games. So to see that, in the last 10 games, if we're not picking up maximum points, but City are picking up as many as they can, and we still end up winning the league, then that really does give me high hopes. Because as we say, we could end up overperforming and blowing them out of the water and even finishing with a higher points tally. But the one thing that we need to just make sure we avoid is just going into a, a little rut like we did in January, uh, in February, sorry, because that would be so detrimental to the whole of the last the, the last run. And if, if we end up getting unstuck at Liverpool and losing the game at Man City, that's when we can start to head to panic stations and uh, worry about the uh, chance for the title. Yeah. And you know what? When we first thought about doing this podcast, this prediction podcast, part of me was a bit like, oh, I don't know if I dare do it because it, it's just going to put it all into like, reality basically and scare the living hell out of me but having seen the the fixtures and the predictions and i don't think yes i've maybe been a bit optimistic and you've maybe been a little bit pessimistic but if you go somewhere in the middle that basically leaves us on 92 and city on 87 you know we're still we're still looking at healthy numbers if we went in somewhere in between me and you um and it's actually made me a lot more optimistic having seen Having seen the running, and yeah, like you just said, you've given City a lot of wins, and they're still sort of struggling to match what we probably are looking to do. So yeah, it's it's really um, really made me think we can do this, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and one thing that, uh, like a little side note, it would be incredible just to see us break that ninety point mark because. 
I don't know if we've have we ever done that. I'm not sure if we've ever broke ninety points or not. But it's definitely a long time since we have. If we have done that, and um, that's an incredible points tally to be able to to get in the Premier League, especially the over the last few seasons. You have these mega, you know, incredible teams like Man City and Liverpool who've been able to break that kind of barrier. But no team has really been able to replicate that for a very long time. So. It, it really puts us in the echelon with with these massive teams, and and if we end up bolstering in the summer and getting you know players like Declan Rice, then why could we not go and then challenge for maybe the Champions League? If if we're riding alongside these massive teams, the biggest teams in the Premier League, then we have every right to be able to go for that next season. So we've got a lot of things to look forward to as Arsenal fans and fingers crossed we can get ourselves over the line and our predictions are correct. (laughs) Yeah, you're so true, actually, because I think sometimes we're getting so focused on this Premier League title that we we forget to just look at where we are right now. We're so far ahead of where we thought we would be. And there's no... There's no way we're not getting Champions League now. So that in itself is massive. It means we can now start to attract the players that we've always hoped to attract. And we've been lucky. We've been able to sign players like Jesus and Sinchenko last year, despite not having Champions League football. Um, And that's just because we've got an amazing manager that's able to attract these sort of players. Now we need to to look to the future. And uh, yeah, like you say, get players like Rice and, and that's only going to help our case with with fighting for future titles and who knows maybe even more silverware in, in european competitions and and the and the uh, domestic cups so yeah it's it's massive and um i don't want to like jinx it or anything but if we weren't to, to get it i still think we can be immensely proud of this arsenal team yeah yeah i think we can we can all give ourselves a pat on the back you know the supporters the whole club the recruitment every player on the pitch giving it 110 percent Mikel arteta who's just had his 41st birthday happy birthday Mikel arteta if you're watching i know you are um and uh yeah i think i think we we can all be really proud of the um improvements that we've been uh been able to make over this season you know we're we're, we're nowhere near the expectation that we uh, that, that we set out for ourselves it was the, the target was to get Champions League after being really disappointed um, last season by failing in the last couple of games. However, this season we're sitting in March and it looks like we've already qualified pretty much for the Champions League. So we've come on leaps and bounds of uh, of what our initial target was this season. And if we could go a step further and bring home the title then so be it. And I will be at the Emirates with my top off, having a party in the sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Okay. Is is there anything else you want to add before we end the podcast there? Uh, No, I can't think of anything. Can you? No, I think that's everything for today. We've just hit the hour mark. So that's a a good time to to end it for today. Um, We have got a game, obviously, um, against Leeds at the Emirates in five days time. That's a, a three o'clock kickoff. Um, so we'll hopefully get a podcast out for you um, after the game. So please tune in uh, for then. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, our handle is at Arsenal Ramble underscore. Until next time, take care. Take care. You're listening to the Arsenal Ramble.